podcast. Welcome to the podcast is right. Um, you probably can hear again, still no mic this week, sadly, so I'm talking in my Mac. Um, I need to get this USB cable sorted, but you know, when you have a busy week, it's hard to, to necessarily get yourself to a shop. Do you know, I, I, I could do it. Maybe I've been lazy. Maybe just getting out of bed has been a struggle this week. Who knows? But we're, we're, we're making it... We're making a cope again, just talking into the Mac. Um, given some of the sound quality of previous podcasts, you know, it's not the worst. We'll, we'll take it and we'll we'll go with it. And I'm sure um, the more ardent listeners may have realised last week's podcast had a shorter intro. Um, today we're back to the, to the long one again. I just wanted to see whether it sounded better or not. Because sometimes a long intro, people are like, fuck, I want to hear the chat. I don't want to hear a groovy funky techno song well unfortunately that's what my podcast is about groovy funky techno music and chat i was going to say comedy there but i know sometimes this podcast can deviate from that slightly and become a little bit um yeah depressing i guess like i listened to last week's back and thought to myself yo man if you weren't you you would think you were suicidal i'm not um sweet now a week has passed i'm a bit more settled um happier and i'm not going to moan for whatever length of time 45 minutes or whatever because hey you just want to listen to this you just want to have the crack you just want to have some fun and it's been a good week i've been super busy and doing the boring things that precede content if you will um i spoke before in the podcast about how doing stand-up and comedy generally over here in Northern Ireland is it's difficult and um, because there's not too many outlets that you can really you know use to make a living out of doing it so you have to kind of look at all the options that you have and try and find something that works for you so this week I've been lucky enough to have a couple of meetings whereby I've been able to agree deals to work for certain companies doing video content and get a wage from it so that's nice we're we feel like we're getting somewhere and hopefully that will lead to a bit of a bit of exposure of me as a comedian and therefore open further doors it's 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 a sum like that's what it is over here it's, it's a sum of like different parts to create the option to work full-time like i mean I'm lucky enough now to to be one of the stand-ups here who does pay gigs. Do you know, one of the lucky ones that every gig I do now, I get paid for. Um, wasn't always that way. Had to work my way up, but now I'm in a lucky enough position where that's the case. Again, you know, the plan there is to, the more exposure you get, the more people come to your shows, the more bums on seats, the happier you are, the easier it is to fill, fill rooms, the less stressed you are. And I've been lucky enough to have sold out shows last year and hopefully this year I can try and come back with my new hour of stand-up, which I'm hoping to do in around, I was thinking about this, cause January, February, March, April, about May or June time. I was initially planning to do March, but I've been struggling to write stand-up material, which you might find hard to believe, been such a hilarious guy, turning out couple of podcasts a week and amongst other shit like there's a lot of material that's, that's coming out there but to actually write stand-up is a different art form and 
over the last sort of few months since Holly was born, I was on paternity and whatnot, I have spent a lot of time writing, but it's been things like I've written a, a pilot script for a sitcom, I've written a lot of stuff for um, video content, I've written stuff for the radio, which is a totally different medium to stand-up, so I tried to actually sit back down and work out where I wanted to go with my stand-up, and it was total writer's block, which is something I've been very fortunate not to have had all that often. I mean, maybe when I started doing stand-up, more so, but as time's gone by, it sort of looked to see the humour in things, and, and it would just come to me more naturally, but whenever you're writing sort of things for, whether it be scripted type stuff, it's totally different to stand-up, so I sort of lost the the ability to, to write stand-up and whenever you do it for any length of time you don't want to just go on stage and be shite you want to try and be as good as you can and I really nail myself if I'm not doing funny stuff like so if I went on and did a gig and I'll, I'll try stuff that in my head might be funny but then whenever I actually say it you go ah didn't really work you know people aren't really interested in like I'll tell you what it was it was I have this bit which in my head is funny it's about it's about serial killer Ed Gein and uh, it's in my head I thought it was funny the thought that this guy who for those of you who don't know who Ed Gein is he was a serial killer who um, in fact he might not have been a serial killer he might just have been a murderer so like get off his back stop being sly um, but he like I think he killed a couple of people and uh, then made like items of clothing out of their their skin. He dug up plenty of other dead bodies and also made items of clothing out of their skin. But in my head, it was funny to think of rather than him as like a an awful abhorrent murderer that he is, freak that makes clothes out of people's skin. It might be funny to think about him like, hey, you know, he lives in a rural part of America. He doesn't have access to the most quality silks or materials, so. You know, he just has this talent, this this gift. He wants to, you know, make beautiful items of clothes, but he doesn't have have silk or he doesn't have cotton, so he just uses skin. <laughs> Which, yeah. So from that thought in the actual stand-up, it just came across really creepy. Like I was basically saying, you see, again, he's a sweet guy. He's just a he's a really talented tailor. He's just working. You know, if you're looking at a nice new pair of driving gloves. Holler at your boy game, do you know? And it's not not just clothes he does too. He makes sweet bowls, albeit out of skulls and stuff. But I thought that was a funny bit, and I just could not transfer it into stand up. And I remember doing it a couple of times, being like, "Nah, it's a word." It didn't. It didn't. So if there's a way around of me thinking that I can make that into bit, I'll do it. But there hasn't even been bits like that. We spark of idea. Oh, isn't it funny that he just is a is a frustrated fashion designer? Do you know, there's not even that initial thought. Like, I'm trying to think of a bit that I do that's good. Um, hard to do. Like, let me let me think about my material. It's actually funny. Mm. Um, yeah, the bit there's a bit to do about going to the doctors when, which is mostly a true story, where um, I said something to the doctor, which basically sounded like a sexual approach on my behalf. And I thought that would be funny if I put that around the story. And lucky enough, I built the story around that, delivered it. Whereas, you know, I'm not even getting those wee, like, punchline bits at the minute. I'm not even thinking of those wee ideas. I think maybe a part of that's been because I've 
had the baby and in my head that's mostly what I want to talk about but then I'm conflicted because I'm thinking do people want to listen to me talking about my baby for an hour if I wasn't me would I want to listen to that and then I go back to no would probably get boring very fast so I need to try to look at a way to tie that all into a show and put it together and over the last week I've started having a few seeds of of material coming back into my head so I'm hoping soon enough I'll be be back trying out new bits throwing in a show working it out figuring out what I need to do and then hopefully sooner rather than later I'll be back doing what I love doing which is stand up as much fun as it is making videos and writing stuff the, the most fun you get the most instantaneous reaction to stuff you do is, is stand up and the laughs there's nothing better like with, with other stuff like if you do a video you can see online how people are liking it and Facebook sharing it whatever but then at the same time you can see people being negative trolley bastards and that just fucks you off like I try to pretend it doesn't like oh it's fine it's water off ducks back but really it, it irks me like really really gets me like whenever I did uh, Late Licence and there was just one dude every week for a start he had in his profile that he was in the EDL so it should have just been like ah fuck this guy but the stuff he was saying was really sly about me like mate don't be personal hurt my feelings and then it was only as about the sort of fourth week of the series which was eight weeks I sort of tweeted him back being like man if you hate me in the show so much why do you watch it why do you watch it every week mate and then that was kind of the end of him he's like oh I suppose fair point like um if you don't like something, you shouldn't watch it. And that's kind of like general advice for people who in nowadays world like to get offended by stuff and don't like things. Or don't like his jokes, that's not funny. And then feel like they need to post about it. Like, oh, so-and-so's shit or this is shit. You're like, well, just don't watch it then. Do you know? Don't put yourself through it. You know, there's certain types of comedy I don't like. Like, for example, Miranda... I don't like the show Miranda. I don't like Miranda Hart's brand of comedy. I think she seems like a lovely woman, but to me, not funny. That doesn't mean I want to come out and be like, see that fucking Miranda, she's such a shit, shit comedian and a real, real shit person. She's an awful woman because I don't know the woman. And just because her comedy isn't to my taste doesn't make it shit, generally. You know, because there's enough people that she's got any gods about the series is on the BBC live stadium tours and appearances on basically everything and you know you got to say credit to her for that and I just wish more people would be like that and just be like if you don't like something just enjoy the fact you don't like it and watch something else do you know if you like Frankie Boyle you mightn't necessarily like Russell Hard for example that's the beauty of comedy it's subjective it's what you make of it um, I know there's a lot of people who, like some of the squad that I gig with, maybe if you're really into Shane, you mightn't like Kieran Bartlett. If you're really into Kieran, you mightn't like Aaron McCann. You know, it's just a, the way of the world. You know, people have different tastes. And that's the beauty of comedy here. There's such a big mix now that you can you can find a gig to see. So you can have like acts that do the sort of more extreme stuff and then you've ones who are quite inoffensive you know so it's it's open and it's there for what you want to want to see but what i don't like is that actually trolls coming commenting things and have like one follower and they're saying sly things like rather than i didn't find that funny they're like 
He's a big gap tooth freak. That's just hurtful. And by the way, my teeth are perfect because when I was younger, I went to the dentist and he was like, you don't need braces. So, you know, God made me perfect, if you will. I didn't need to have any of that surgery to t- squeeze my teeth together to sort of conform to the society- societal norm. I'm just a big tombstone tooth yokel looking freak. But I am. That's how God made made me. I was going to say in his image, but if if God looked like this, whoa, it would be a bit of a, a problem. And I've totally gone away from where I, th- I thought I was going at. I was basically just saying you had a busy week. Got a lot of stuff arranged. So hopefully now, once that's all sorted, you'll be seeing me and some stuff. And I can get working on what, what I love to do now, going forward, doing more videos, doing more stand-up. So that's what I'm saying. The boring business stuff's done. The more fun banter can come. You know, you have to, as again, back to the Bible, as, as God said, you need to build a house on solid foundations. Otherwise, you get you get blown to shit in the storm, you know. And what I'm trying to do is lay foundations so one day I can just, just do this full time for my family, you know. And if I didn't have a fiance and a baby and a house mortgage to pay, I would definitely be doing it full time because I wouldn't have all the, the outgoings that I have. But hey, I've got those things and for what it's worth, 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 for what it's worth, for what it's worth, they're more important overall. So, you know, hopefully in time I can fulfill my ambitions, my dreams, but also first and foremost is milk in that bottle for that baby. You know, dinner on the table, a house to live in, they're more important. Speaking of houses to live in, I've only gone and made a, a big boy offer on a house that hopefully can be accepted and then I can move so that's another thing I've been at had a baby got myself got myself engaged had a baby moving house you know why like they say the most stressful thing you can do in this order are get married or no it's have a baby get married and move house are the three most stressful things so rather than stretching it out over time I've just been like within within a year I'm doing all three because I think my heart is too strong I need to really test it. I need to see, yo, can I have a cardiac arrest or not? Who knows? So far, I'm coping all right. The only negative side effect of being super busy is my hair's kind of falling out of taste. <laughs> and yeah, soon I'm just going to be a, a, one of those generic bald guys with a beard. Like something from the, the Sons of Anarchy, as my mother calls it. Because she's an old North Down twat. <laughs> Well, the Sons of Anarchy, hmm, do you watch those Sons of Anarchy, hmm, yes, what about the wall, King Dead, no, that, that, that's bad banter, dad banter, dad banter alert, um, but yeah, dad banter's another thing, I'm just even worse with technology, I know I've talked before about being the technophobe, I got a new phone this week, and everyone, like, is so blasé, my sister, who is, um, a few years younger than me, is an FTN, full technology nerd. She's like, all you need to do is uh, backdate this phone and put it across in the cloud and the sky and then move it into the phone and tr- transport your current data onto the new phone and then this will be 100%. I 
And it's like, mm, sorry? Yeah, what you need to do is to the phone in the battery, and then you put it into the sky, and it comes back down from the satellite and stores in the new phone and updates exactly as it is through the air. What? I don't get you. Oh, okay, sorry. Obviously, what I'm trying to say is you take your old phone, you plug it into the computer, you backdate it on the, 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 the cloud that you put it onto, and then it goes to the sky, and then it precipitates, and then it rains down into your new phone, and then you've got all your, your previous data as if it is the old phone and your new phone, except it's on a brand new handset and it looks better. And I was like, right, what do, you do, what do I do? She's like, just plug your fucking phone in to your laptop, David. I was like, right, okay, so I did that. And what happened was it turns out I've not backdated my phone since like 2015. So it was like a time machine. It like brought me back to 2015, which is before I'd met my fiance, before I'd had my baby, back in the times where, you know, dreams were still things that you believe could happen. And I thought, oh, sometimes like whenever you have, you're in the situation that I'm in now, I'm like, oh, you know, I wonder if it would be better to go back in time, back to before you had all these responsibilities and stresses. And whenever I went back on my phone, absolutely not. It was terrifying. I was like looking back, reading, looking through all the apps and stuff that I had and like a Tinder, which worried me. I was like, fuck, if Tinder's now on my phone, is that going to mean like I've been on Tinder? Therefore, if one of her friends sees that I'm on Tinder, she'll think that, you know, which is understandable. And then I look through all my photos and they're like all photos of like loads of going nights out drinking, which I'd been like 28 or 27 back in those days. Nights out drinking, like all this kind of stuff. No baby, as if the baby didn't exist. So I felt instantly guilty for that. And then went back into all WhatsApp messages, which you sort of see all the messages, still the same boys and stuff, but ridiculous things. And like older banter that might have been funnier to a younger dude, which is a as an old dad now with, I don't want to say a greater moral compass, but definitely um, more aware of things that are offensive, having delivered loads of offensive material and being told off about it, and also being told that I have to behave a certain way around a baby now because you don't want there to turn out to be an absolute scoundrel. Which if she's running by my, you know, if she's running by my lessons, I'm sure, in some way, she'll be. Um... But yeah, it was a big, big stress. And then, like, a lot of, like, my phone contacts are different from then to now. So, like, people that, for example, estate agents who need to ring you about houses, their number's gone. It's like, oh, sweet, all my responsibilities have disappeared because of one backdated phone. But a day later, we're, we're back to where we should be because as, as fans of the show, you know, the... um the technophobe struggles initially until he goes on Google and Google's how to fix things. Which is my get out of, out of clause. Okay, my get out of jail clause, sorry for everything. You know, oh shit, I'm in trouble. Google. What do I do to stop paramilitaries from trying to extort money from me? <laughs> huh. Yeah. It's a, it, it is something, thank God for Google. The days before Google, God knows what I'd have done. I was mostly annoyed about my music though. That was what worried me because on iTunes, I'm one of these guys who doesn't download songs illegally, mainly because it sounds shit, but also it's so much easier to just pay like a quid and buy a song you like, keep the music industry going, you know what I mean? Rather than being one of these wee pirate guys. Like, pirates are the worst. Like, even like 
you look at kids nowadays, I guess it's an, it's an old man thing. See, back in my day, and used to be, you used to get smacked by your dad. Like kids nowadays are the worst. Even pirates nowadays are the worst. Like back in the day, pirates used to have scurvy, drink rum, have one legs, wear eye patches. And now they're just like nerds that sit in their laptop. I'm a pirate. I'm going to download illegal episodes of The Voice from America. No, fuck off. Get yourself in a ship where you're not a pirate. You're just a twat. Get yourself on a ship, sail the seven seas, or fuck off. That's all you can do. You're either on a ship with gout and one eye, or you're not a pirate. If you are able to code things, whatever that means, you're not a pirate, you're a nerd. If you can encrypt things, you're not a pirate, you're a nerd. Pirates shoot people with pistols and gunpowder. They don't download season 47 of the Kardashians in which Caitlyn Jenner's had a baby through some fucking miracle. You're a nerd. But luckily enough, my music was still there because of some nerd like Bill Gates or whatever or fucking Steve Jobs has invented some ability that just floats songs in the sky and I was able to get all my music, thank goodness. Because it started getting in to older music, like music that I mightn't have appreciated when I was younger. Like in the 90s, there was some great music back then. Um, like and I've started to discover some good music from the 90s. Like when I was a wee bit younger, I got into Simply Red. I used to hate them, that fairground song, Dead My Head In. As I got older, I thought, no, he's a real good singer. I like that fairground song. I like some of the other songs as well. Sunrise, good tune. Mm. Remembering the first time. We made love. And I used to think the lyrics of that were remembering, because the lyrics are actually, remembering the first time we made love. I was just recalling. I used to think the lyrics were, I was just a boy then. Which would have been pedophilic, definitely. Pedophiles. Just on a side note, I do look like a pedophile hunter. The pedophile hunters were up in court this week, and they're, they're definitely... I could just I'm I look like a stereotypical paedophile hunter. A hefty bearded dude with shit hair. That's what a, a paedophile hunter is, and a fleece. And that, that could just be me. Which begs the question, why are the pedos not running away from these dudes? Like I mean, if someone tries to run away from me, if you can't get away from me in ten meters, you're fucked, you will be gored to the ground and pummeled. But if you can run if you stay ahead of me and for for past 10 metres ah you're away see you later oh I was going to molest some wee lad I don't worry about it mate I'll see you down the line just stop it oh bollocks that's what I look like anyway segue back to to the music so the main music that I've discovered again that I really start to have started to enjoy is the music of Jamiroquai which apt to the podcast everything about Jamiroquai is weird for a start what does Jamiroquai mean? What is a Jamiroquai? It sounds sweet, but what is it? Like if someone, if it means something and I'm just ignorant to words, let me know because I consider myself a bit of a wordsmith and I don't know what a Jamiroquai is. I'd probably guess it's like some kind of event in science or space, a, a Jamir, like a Jamiroquai has taken place which has resulted in the formation of a, an additional 
two universes in the Milky Way or something. You know, that's what I would imagine a Jamiroquai to be. But it's effectively just a dude with a load of mates playing songs. Great songs, may I add. Like, super fun, funk songs. Um, and they're great. And the way he sings as well, it's super. I must have died and gone to heaven Cause it's a quarter past eleven On a Saturday in 1999 Like, he, he's a white dude from like London or something He does, shouldn't sound like a ow He does those wee bits like uh, Michael Jackson would go Shimona He would just make wee ow Noises like a cute sexy cat Or ow I'm a, ow I'm going deeper underground Ow Something's come to rock me Ow He's sweet And Every great band needs a great frontman. That's what JK is. And he's known by some people as the cat in the hat, which I just want to come on record and say he's not the cat in the hat. The cat in the hat is a character created by Dr. Zeus. Okay. Just blow my nose. Last remnants of my cold there. Um, so he's not actually the cat in the hat. What is great about him is his hats are amazing. And I like looked at the rest of them and was like... Um, Surely you could have got like a costume to go with with your hats because if any of you have seen JKF Jamiroquai, his outfits are always awful and he just has this really flamboyant hat on top of it. And like if you're going to be a pioneer of electro funk pop, you you've got to have a look and that's what what he has. His head, he's got these like hats, super over the top hats. Like if you've seen the virtual insanity video. He's got like a nice big furry one on him, but he's more famous for like live shows wearing like Indian headdresses, like Native American headdresses, should I say? Not like a Sikh. I'm sure he probably has a, a Sikh turban in there somewhere. But the Amer- the Native American headdresses that he wears light up and stuff, and they're like really whoa. That must have cost some money. Then he's wearing like a, a flannel shirt and a pair of jeans and brown shoes. You're like, what the what sort of fucking combos that mate? You look like. Your lady, Ga- you've got like put Lady Gaga's head on Jeremy Clarkson's body. It's like what the fuck's with combos at my man? Like he must be given a budget to buy stuff. He's like, right, you're giving, we're giving you like four grand to get your your uniform here, mate. He's like, sweet, leave it with me. And he goes to the shop. And he's like, right, I want a real sweet looking hat here. And uh, he turns up and he's like, right, how much is the hat? And they're like, ah, mate, it's three thousand nine hundred and. 80 quid and he's like ah bollocks so if I buy that 3,980 quid hat I'll have to spend 20 quid on my shoes my shirt and my jeans um well it's probably speaking this that means I have to spend that on my shoes and my jeans ow okay mm. and then you buy it and then he's like, right, how do I make this 20 quid stretch? And he goes, boom, pre-mark. I'll go in and get the brown shoes, pair of jeans, shirt, and away you go. Like, is it, the clothes he wears, he dresses like he's a 15-year-old. He's going to the office to hook the boys up. You know, if you took that hat off him, he just looks like he's a, a young guy trying to head away and get, like, five bottles of Frosty Jacks and a, and a blue aftershock for the boys. <laughs> oh, Frosty Jacks. That was a good old days when you could put away three liters of that shit and not die. Frosty Jacks. I used to funnel that when I was younger. If I funnel that now, I would genuinely end up face down the river somewhere. I just couldn't couldn't handle my drink. Like, 
like I used to. And what a sort of fucking name. Like, what's your name? Is that Frosty Jack? Oh, I made get us a bottle of Frosty Jack. Like, Frosty Jack sounds... Like, it doesn't sound like it's going to end well for you if you get a bottle of Frosty Jack. Oh, I made get us a bottle of Frosty Jack. It's not... It's like a drug dealer or something. I oh, mate, can you go and get me a, a tenth spot of Frosty Jack? Here, Frosty Jack needs a word with you, mate. <laughs> needs to talk to you about about a fragrance, if you know what I mean. But like, nah, I don't know what you mean. Come on, something to sniff, mate. A fragrance, sort it. Ah, oh, right, I get it. So he sounds like a drug dealer, or like some like like some old dude that just like lives in the town. And sits on a bench and smokes all day, and like the people of the town all know him. There's Frosty Jack, and they've got like a like a re- everyone's got a different reason as to why he's called Frosty Jack. It's like oh, he's Frosty Jack because like back in the back in the Second World War, and all, um, he had to like bury all the bodies who died and stuff in Germany, and then they froze and all, and Frosty Jack had to take their bodies and put them in the back of a van and all, and take them back, like, and he didn't even bat an eyelid, like, because he's hard, and someone else would be, oh, there's Frosty Jack, he, um, believe it or not, uh, passed out on a bench one night, and, and ended up sleeping, through, through, in, in the park for two days, and, and froze, but he's okay, he's defrosted, and he's, and he's fine, and I'm like, oh, Frosty Jack, back in the day, used to have, uh, ice tips in his hair, you know, I used to head into the, into the hairdressers and just pop his hair through one of those wee condom things and just tip them hence his nickname Frosty Jack and then eventually the reason would come out and you'd be like ah name's Jackie Frost and you're like ah right okay that's kind of shite I, I prefer the the old reasons why, why he's called that speaking of Frosty Jack there's a legit character out of Hollywood called Soda Malcolm and that's just what I've known Soda Malcolm as he just goes by Soda could be his name but imagine it's probably Malcolm. And for any of you people that have been to Hollywood, if you're sort of around Hollywood High Street, early mornings, check outside Centra, you'll see this dude, red face, flat cap, old looking guy, probably in his 40s, smoking. That's, that's Soda Malcolm. Every morning outside Centra, Soda Malcolm does Centra more than Rory Woods does, which is hard to believe, but he does. So yeah, major shout out to, to Soda Malcolm and Frosty Jack. Uh, especially Soda Malcolm because I know he's real um, I think there should be something with the North Down and Arts Borough Council to get Soda Malcolm made into a bronze statue upon his death which if you look at him you'd imagine would have happened by now but he's been looking exactly the same doing the exact same thing since I was about 10 so fair play to Soda major shout out to the man himself oh wow we're, we are getting weird um, which is just what this podcast is about and when we get weird we need to go to the Champions League of weird which JK from Jamiroquai will be in next season I'm sure so guys buckle in your seatbelts and prepare yourselves <coughs> weird and uh, so many killers in it now like, not actual killers, like people that are killing the weird game. There is a couple of, I think maybe one killer in there. Um, possibly two, who knows what secrets live in people's wardrobes. Like, there's people that are killers you don't know about, like CJ from the Eggheads. Do you know? He's apparently killed somebody. 
clocked him in the head and fucked him in a canal in Manchester. Yep, put that in his book like a twat. And then now the police are after him, obviously, because can't kill people, mate. It's illegal. So I'm going to go through two. We'll split these. So as we'll go for the first half of the Champions League of Weird Draw and then the second because you don't want to know who's playing who next week. So the first match in the round one, Yoko Ono versus Jim Core. Oh, that's a hard one because both people from the music industry, one is a absolute moon rocket who believes in all these conspiracy theories of the day and the others you'll go on them. So I'm going to say on weirdness alone, the firework video that you're going to sang, Katy, cover Katy Perry's firework is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. If you haven't seen it, YouTube it. And get back to me and let me know what you think of it. Yoko Ono sings Firework. That alone, I can't overlook that. Even everything that Jim Core has said, I can't overlook that. So I'm giving that to Yoko Ono. Sorry, Jim, it's been a good run. Thanks for the for the present for Holly. And Yoko is into the next round. Oh, whoa. Oh, whoa. This is the first... This is this is the sort of matchup you, you can't have in Champions League where this is... Two people you would imagine getting the semis at least, but they've been drawn against each other, so it can't happen. It's the Bride of Frankenstein, Jocelyn with Wildenstein, billionaire S, heiress, which is like the second half of billionaire S and also an heiress. She's a billionaire S heiress who also looks like she's been a main character in the movie The House of Wax. Except she's her wax work has been set at a window on a hot day. So she's not like dripping melting, but she's definitely warped and she has so much plastic surgery that her fanny flaps are actually either side of her belly button. Which is which is which is wide for fanny flaps too, but hey it's what it is what it is. And the other is um Michael Jackson I was going to say the other is actually uh, David Cameron no Michael Jackson is the uh, the other contender who his weirdness transcends he probably is one of the reasons why I started Champions League of Weird and do you know what Michael should go through but that's what people would expect and the Champions League of Weird is all about upsets, all about surprising, all about keeping you on your toes. This is why people listen to this podcast every week to hear, whoa, what's going to happen next in the Champions League of Weird? And guess what? You've heard it here first. Jocelyn Windelstein has just eliminated Michael Jackson at the group stages, or the, the knockout stages round of 16. MJ out, Windelstein through. Bombshell. So there you have it, Michael Jackson, out of the Champions League of Weird. Don't know where to go from that, so I'm just going to go directly into two questions, which I uh, get on, on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter at the Dave Elliott, two L's, two T's, and on Instagram at Dave Elliott Comedy. Please follow me on both, I'd appreciate it. Twitter, first of all, on the Boytown account, um, friend of the Boytown show, Lucy Mercer, and I'm going to say she's a number, uh, one of the top weirdos too, because she likes the show every week. 
on SoundCloud, which I think people should do. You know, just give it a like. Spread the word, get people subscribing on iTunes and SoundCloud to Dave Elliott's Weird Podcast. You know, if you do nothing else this week, just tell one of your friends to listen to the podcast. You know, help a brother out, make me feel good. And if you haven't already, rate it and reviewed it. Rate and review it, even review it again, give five stars and a nice week comment. The weirder the comments are, the better, and I'll read them out in the podcast. So what more do you want, for fuck's sake? For sake, for sake, for sake. <laughs> um, Lucia said, what are the thoughts on this controversial tweet? Cadbury's, are you meant to pronounce creme egg, cream egg, as cream or creme? Good question. Um, Cadbury's reply and said, it's creme. So, um... It's creme, not cream egg. My thoughts are, um, yeah, I'd have called it a cream egg because that's just what, what I would have thought it was called. Except whenever you take a step back and read how it's pronounced, it, it's creme. It's spelled C-R-E-M-E, which is definitely creme. So, yeah, it's creme fresh. It's creme egg. I'm definitely going to call it that from now on. I just think we have a way over here. Sort of Northern Ireland, de- Northern Ireland definitely. UK, probably. Ireland, probably. Where people are just like, nah. I'm not a fuck. You think I'm French? Do you? Are you think I fucking eat garlic and wear wee berries and all and paint birds in the buff with their big muffs? Nah, I'm fucking made. I'm made. I'm from fucking Newton Arch Road. It's cream, right? Nah, French bastard, right? Yeah, fucking Eiffel Tower. But like it's more like it's a AFL tower, mate. Yeah, fucking froggy bastard, ye. But yeah, creme. So there you have it. If if you didn't know that, you, this is what the the weird podcast is about: educating people on things that are strange, and that for sure is strange. Um, not on the on the actual point. Yeah, I put a, I put a picture up of Roy Keane saying I'm basically keen for your questions. Um, Drew has come back and said Jippo for your questions. Uh, no racist. It's not Jippo. It's Traveller. And no, I'm not Traveller. I'm keen for your questions. I'm queen. I'm queen for your questions. I'm keen. Also, Stu has said favorite type of Easter egg. Dave buttons are Yorkie for me. Um, my favorite type of Easter egg now is I'm an old, boring bastard. Is just a dairy milk. Give me a plain dairy milk, a glass of milk, or a cup of tea, and I am delighted. Maddie Carlton. Uh, also known as uh, Maddie Carlotonioni, the people who listen to the Boy Town podcast. Hey, Carlotonioni. He's asked, Can you sing Happy Birthday to me? Nah, fuck off, mate. OJ Simpson, Corsican. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Carlotonioni, Oni, Oni, Oh. Happy birthday to you. And I'm going to guess you are, are 14 today, mate. So happy birthday to you and I hope you have had a great day. On to the uh, Insta questions. Um, first and foremost, we have Christopher Henning, who his questions are great. He said, what about you, Dave? Good, mate. Cheers. Two questions. Firstly, did you have a good week parenting? Any mishaps? Nah, it was a bit rough this week. She's a gurney, gurney bastard. Um, most of the time, she's quite quiet. This week, nah, crying, 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 and up a lot during the night. But hey, you know, you learn to deal with it. And just now, I keep her in the shed at night as opposed to in the bedroom. Um, and any mishaps, yeah, she's poking on me a lot, crying all the time incessantly. Other than that, it's been sweet. Secondly, um, there with big fucking bells on, are you at Scooter in the Telegraph building? Um, it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it must be Dave, who's on the train. You know what, I'm going to try and get that. Enjoy, Scooter. 
I must say, I used to not like them, but as I've gone on, I really appreciate it. And I see your profile picture is there with HP Baxter scooter, which is absolutely brilliant. Um, scooter are great. For anyone who doesn't enjoy scooter, why? They are uh, a German techno band, essentially, who have the best lyrics of any songs ever. Like that lyric we just said, it must be Dave, he's on the train. Um, like that one they sing, jumping all over the world. It's a ridiculous lyric in this song. It's like... Uh, Encore, hardcore, rock you down to the floor, posse, 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 yeah. Every hour, every minute, in the shower, take a shower, yeah. All that kind of stuff, which makes no sense, but it's over a fat beat, so it sounds good. Um, but my, my favourite ever Scooter lyric, actually, before I end the Scooter chat, because it's not, I'm sure a lot of people are going, I'm not a big Scooter fan here, but the best lyric I've ever heard from them, and I think it's in, um, back in the UK, maybe? They sing, uh, we started in 1994, in 1996, we're still on the case. Two years, mate, that's not impressive for a band. Because here, we, we started doing our shit this year, saying in 2018, I've started this, still doing it in 2020, fucking deal with that. That's bit the least noteworthy celebration from from Scooter there two years of, of making it in the band which the Rolling Stones have probably been going for about 60 years so probably come back to me when you're doing that lads um, but a great line great lads looking forward to seeing Scooter in the Telegraph building um, where I may be doing some stand-up comedy in the not so distant future <clears throat> another weird exclusive Chris Barr, hey Dave, Asia really is a weird place, isn't it? Oh, for sure, man, those Asians are cookie. Um, and he sent me a story, which, Chris, um, I must admit, as grateful as I am to your for your questions, I was going to chat about this story myself. I'd seen it and thought it was weird, but you've beat me to it, and since you're always supplying me with great quality content, I'll let this be yours this week. And the story is as follows. China vows to crack down on funeral strippers. <laughs> Interesting. China has launched a fresh crackdown on funeral strippers. The Ministry of Culture said it would target obscene, pornographic and vulgar performances of funerals and weddings. It follows reports by state-run Global Times newspaper about roaring crowds applauding and cursing as women performed at funerals. The tabloids claimed that they sauntered, oh I mate, saunter into the crowd and rubbed men's crotches while occasionally reminding them not to take pictures. The Culture Ministry set up hotlines to offer monetary rewards for those who report funeral misdeeds in 19 cities, including Henan, Anghui, Jingsu, Hebei. That's it. (laughs) So basically, this is happening. In China, they're like, you know what, funerals are are shit. They're sad times. We need to to spark it up a bit, have it being a bit more fun. So we need need deadies at funerals, and that's what they've gone and delivered. So Chris's question is, what I want to know is if you could pick someone to strip at your funeral, who would it be and why? Oh, whoa. Um, obviously, if it was like me picking some, I wouldn't pick somebody that I would want to see stripping because I'd be dead. So I'd be given the pleasure of what I want to see to all my guests who, you know, would be upset. I, I don't think I'd like a stripper at my funeral. I think I would for sure maybe when the time comes for me to arrange people's funerals, family members and whatnot, I will, I'll get strippers. But for me, who would I like to see strip at my funeral? Um, I would like to see Donald Trump, because that would just be a great sight. And he's got a small wee what's a dick, so that would be pretty cool to look at. 
him and Kim Jong-un together actually doing a some sort of like stripping spit roast over my coffin would be pretty cool. Um, other than that, no one springs to mind who I'd like to see strip. But if I was alive and not actually dead in a funeral and I wanted to see somebody doing a wee dance that might actually arouse me from my death, for sure Nicole Scherzinger. Get on top of my coffin, do your thing, and I will rise from the dead to see that. Speaking of rising from the dead, I'm going to end the podcast now because what a better way to end it than talking about stripping at a funeral. So guys, if you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at the Dave Elliott. Follow me on Instagram at Dave Elliott Comedy. And follow me on Facebook at Dave Elliott Comedy. And tell your friends about the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes. Subscribe on SoundCloud. And hey, just tell people about it. You know, spread the word. Boytown's not here for another couple of weeks and you need to get your creme fresh so come hit. So stick with your stick with your boy and tell people. And hey, to make matters worse, my dog Charlie's just come downstairs and he's not clawing at me. He wants his food, he wants his breakfast, and I'm gonna hook him up. See you next week, guys. Peace. Peace.